Hi, Pastor John here. Welcome to our broadcast. One of the attributes of God we sometimes take for granted is the one we call omniscience. Now this means that God knows everything, really. He knows everything, the past, the present, even the future. We'll see how this plays out in the life of an ancient craftsman named Bezalel. Then we'll see what it means to us today. So open your Bibles and let's join the service as we explore Exodus 31 verses 1 through 11. everybody. Uh, my birthday was this week, uh, and the number of greetings that we had, notes and cards and everything, it just is overwhelming every year. Thank you so much for allowing me to be part of your family. The, uh, uh, a lot of people have asked how old I am, and uh, I've been telling them I'm 69, and a lot of people who know me say, well, weren't you 69 last year? <laughs> this year I'm 69 and 10 tenths. Amen. Keep that in mind. Hey, you know, God gave me a vision for Warrington Bible Fellowship um, several years ago. Some of you were here when, when that began to roll out. And since then, he has blessed us by sending us angels with visions. We have two distinguished guests with us today. Uh, as you know, we are sharing office space with Ethnos, Ethnos College uh, and the One Vision 190 channel. And today we have the president of Ethnos, Dr. Tyrone Champion with us. Dr. Champion, would you come forward, please? Now they're occupying the upstairs of the townhouse. If you haven't been up there, go take a look at the transformation they've made. This is a ministry that is new and exciting and I think is vital to our community, if not to our nation. Dr. Champion, will you welcome, sir? Thank you, sir. Good to have you with us. Would you share with us some of your vision for Ethnos? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, greetings, good morning. Uh, thanks again, Pastor Provacus, for uh, just your generosity and your love. And for you as well, Warrington Bible Chef, and my new friend, Diane, who keeps me in line upstairs. <laughs> uh, but I want to say uh, Ethnos College is a vision that uh, God gave me probably about, I would say, 10, 12 years ago. If you don't know who I am, my wife and I, we have a homeless shelters in Bilton. Community Touch is our organization that we founded 20 years ago. And uh, we have two shelters, food pantry, clothing facility. And so God spoke to my heart and said, look, I need you to build a school. And I want you to go back to school to get your doctorate. And this is 12 plus years ago. So I went to school and got my doctorate. At the time he told me that, I only had a high school diploma. So I was obedient to the vision, went back, got my associates, bachelor's, master's, and doctorate. And then in 2017, I got my doctorate. I said, okay, I'm ready to go, Lord. He said, not now, wait. Waited four years, two years ago in, in prayer, make it really quick. He said, now's the time. And so we began launching Ethos College about two years ago. Uh, we're offering two, three degrees, a associate's in biblical studies, a uh, bachelor's in missions, and a bachelor's in uh, biblical studies. Three degrees starting out. We're upstairs. We have office space for uh, students, admin, and myself. And we are excited. We have students enrolled. So if you know someone that wants to enroll in Ethnos, we are not denominational. So we're not about Baptist, Lutheran. We're just teaching the Bible. And God gave me to just really educate people and put them out into the world to change the world. That's our whole vision. Train them here and send them out. So 
If you want to make a donation, send me students. I just prayer. We will be grateful for your service. Thank you so much for your time. Amen. Can I pray for you? Yes, yes, yes. Father, I thank you for this brother, this brother that you have given him charge over this ministry that yes. will impact not just Warrington and Fauquier County, but the nations. Yes. I pray now, Father, you send him the students. You send him the backing. You've already sent him distinguished teachers. Send more, Father. We give you thanks for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, God brother. I appreciate you. Okay, so if, if that's not exciting enough, uh, we are also have the privilege and honor of hosting the One Vision Channel 190. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, we put up some of the, the uh, videos on our website, but you can find them on Comcast, on Roku, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, they have the onevisionchannel.tv uh, on, the, on the internet, and we are going to be hosting their opening celebration here this Friday night at 7 o'clock. They have distinguished speakers coming. Dr. William Cook is coming, who is the president of the, the Black Robe Regiment. I don't know if you know much about them, uh, but they were a, a group of preachers and priests that fought oppression with the Word of God back during the times of the revolution. So William Cook will be here as our guest speaker, and we're going to fill this sanctuary. You are all welcome, 7 o'clock this Friday night. Now, the man who has a vision for this is, is Andre Ruiz. Uh, I've gotten to know him real well. He's a fantastic guy. And this is a channel that, just like Ethnos College, is scripturally based, the Word of God, wholesome programming, something that you don't have to be embarrassed to turn into and worry about whether or not your kids are going to see it. So I'd like to ask Andre to come forward. Amen, brother. <laughs> the Lord just put us together, didn't he? Amen. Yeah. Will you tell us a little bit about what the channel is doing? Oh, sure. Thank sure. you so much. Do you know, God bless you. My name is Andres Ruiz. We uh, have a very good privilege. The Holy Spirit opened here in your church, in your, uh, in your building, because One Vision Network is a specific call of the Holy Spirit for blessing this nation. Blessing this nation, do you know why? Because movie, a TV channel, and everywhere, a lot of bad war, yes or no? Mm -hmm. Terrible essence inside the movies, but it's time for beautiful TV station preaching and share the gospel on the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to take one second for say something very interesting, a good miracle. Do you know, two years ago, Pray a specific and outside the courthouse. I say, Holy Spirit, give me the TV station for share the gospel. Because in 1981, I started preaching the gospel in Nicaragua. A specific terrible revolution, 50,000 people died in the revolution in Nicaragua. But the Holy Spirit gave me a blessing for I start preaching the gospel. Received the church, the 107 people members. After working for two, three years, 2,000 people coming to the Lord Amen. in my town. Amen. In my town. And now, when going straight to preaching the gospel in Warrington, I call the Comcast Affinity, say, we need something for a Star TV station. Because I am TV, uh, a TV producer, a script writer too, and also working in Univision nationwide and local in Washington in the Channel 48. 
if the, the people see me in Concas, I know how it, nothing open. Because everything, uh, I know how I open any TV channel. But three days after that, the general manage, manager called me. He said, Pastor Ruiz, I have a news for you. I have a something, the old, trans, old programming there. Please switch. Is this TV station is for you, 190, for a start preaching the gospel in Warrington. Two years ago. Only six hours Saturday, six hours and, 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 and Sunday. But the Holy Spirit gave me a big blessing. Three months ago, I started working for the satellite and so forth. Now, in your church, 24-7, one vision network for the glory of God, for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your support. This Friday, please come in. Because big celebration. But... I want to finish for something important in my life. My ministry and life, a special key person for support this One Vision Network, that TV, my wife, Valerie. Please, Valerie, she's a special lady for me. A special blessing. And Levi, the, the, my older son, thank you so much. God bless you people. Please come in this Friday because we need something important uh, Infor information for you. Receive for FCC application for my physical TV station for the glory of God in Warrington. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this new way of communication. Father, I thank you for the way you use technology for your glory, for your purposes, Father, and for our good. And I pray now you bless this man, bless his family, redeem their time, redeem their hours of rest, Father, and spread the good news through the airwaves, Father, as they go to the entire world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It is indeed an honor to be able to walk alongside both of these ministries and you know, God gave us this facility. Uh, we've talked about moving several times since I've been here in the last 20 years. And he just kept us here. And now we know why. Amen. Here we are in the middle of Warrington. We're able to host two vital ministries to the future of our town and our state. And it's our privilege to have you. Thank you very much. I'd like you to open to Exodus chapter 31. We're going to be in verses 1 through 11. While you're looking there, let me ask you a question. What do you think, what do you think God's IQ is? <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to give him that test. Uh, the, uh, but, 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 you know, we all know, we all know God's smart, right? We, we know he's intelligent. We like to think he's intelligent. But how do we walk in that? How do we walk in the, the level of God's awareness of what is happening in his creation. Because this morning, I want you to hold on to this one thing this morning. We've talked about it before, but I, I really want it to sink in. It's important to me because the more I think about it, uh, the more it changes my life. God knows everything. God knows everything. Now, and we just got to think about this, okay? We don't, know, we don't know all the nuts and bolts. Of course, God knows everything since the beginning of creation. We know all that. 
I mean, he gave us a Bible to describe it, right? Of course, God knows everything that's happening right now. He knows every bird, every blade of grass, and all of the platitudes that we use to try to describe the vast breadth of God's knowledge. But God knows everything that's going to happen. I can't figure that out. And, and the more we ponder it, you know, it, it'll kind of warp your mind a little bit. Amen? Uh, because he, he doesn't d- direct everything. Somehow he's given us some measure of free will to walk in his sovereign authority. Uh, and, and if that doesn't frustrate you, if, if you can get beyond the frustration to try and to make those, those dots connect, it'll drive you to your knees. You'll begin giving praise to the glory of God because that's beyond our understanding. He knows everything past, present, and future. Now, we're going to see why this is important in the story of a man named Bezalel. The, the actual pronunciation is Bezalel, uh, but we're going to go with the American pronunciation Bezalel because it t- turns my tongue when I try to go the other way. So, so yeah, let me give you some background to Exodus chapter 31. God has delivered his people miraculously, supernaturally from Egypt. Um, he parted the Red Sea. He provided water from a rock. He's sending manna from heaven, food just floating down from the sky. He brought his people to Sinai, set the top of the mountain on fire. They're having a big party below. But while that's all happening, God gives Moses the law, the ceremonial, the civil, and the moral law. And what God is doing right there at Sinai is creating a brand new nation. He's giving them structure. He's given them guidance. He's given them a theocracy, a government based on the one true God. And he's also providing for them. And, and along the way, we'll see that he protects them if we continue reading in Exodus. And once the law is in place, he forms a covenant with them. It's a great covenant. Uh, if you look at the imagery and how the covenants form, you find out that God not only initiates the covenant, but he completes the covenant. It's a one-sided covenant. God's promise to his people. He gives him plans for a tabernacle and for a priesthood. And the tabernacle is going to be a symbol of his presence among his people. And the priesthood, the priesthood is going to be responsible for the spiritual health and the direction of the people. And the plans for the tabernacle are incredibly intricate. How many of you have read through the plans for the tabernacle? Raise your hand. At home, raise your hand. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> God describes everything in the tabernacle. Every piece of furniture. Even the ceremonial utensils that they're going to use. The lavers, the bath, the altar, the size of the curtains and the drapes. What they're made of. The color of the threads. Everything down to the finest detail. Nothing is left to question. Nothing is left to doubt. He even has plans for the clothing of the priests. And it's elaborate, uh, simple, but elaborate at the same time. Intricate, detailed, and everything is absolutely spectacular, even as you read about the details. The tabernacle, the vestments of the priests, they'll call for a lot of gold, a lot of silver, jewels, 
All sorts of precious materials. And the Hebrews, the Hebrews have all this stuff with them in the middle of the wilderness. They left Egypt as slaves. But God told them on the way out, ask everybody for their stuff. And they gave it to them. They were so happy to see them go. They gave them the riches of the world. So they're carrying this stuff through the wilderness. I think this is really neat. Because when riches come our way, what do we think? Oh, it's for us. God has given me this because he wants me to have a comfortable life. (laughs) Actually, what we find out is God has them carry the riches of the world out of Egypt for his glory. To worship him in the manner that he prescribes. They've got all the stuff that they need. They plundered Egypt, it tells us in Exodus 12, verse 36. Now, all they need, all they need is some folks who can do all this. It seems like a pretty imposing job. Uh, I mean, God's given these incredibly intricate plans. And, and the job has to be done correct. It has to be accurate and strictly according to God's plans. There's going to be no room for error, no room for interpretation. Well, I think it would be nicer than this. And, and, and there's not a whole lot of time to train anyone to become an expert in these areas. And what we're going to see is that God has already given them all that they need. They just are going to need a little bit of help putting it together. So that brings us to Bezalel, who is an expert craftsman. We're going to see Bezalel called. We'll see him filled. We'll see Bezalel appointed. And then we'll see Bezalel doing. We'll see what he does. So let's look at Bezalel's calling. Exodus 31.1. The Lord said to Moses, keep in mind, God is speaking to Moses throughout this passage. Verse 2, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Now, the first thing that should jump out, because we know what's going to happen a little further down the road, is Bezalel is not a Levite. He's not a Levite. It's significant. Uh, And because once the tabernacle's finished, the only ones that are allowed to touch it the ones that had to carry it, uh, the ones that had to minister in it, the ones that had to assemble it, uh, were the Levites. No one else was allowed to touch the t- tabernacle, to have anything to do with it, other than to go into it once it was set up. They were the only tribe given the responsibilities for all this, and they were designated by birth lineage. So there was a particular tribe that was called to be priests and ministers in the tabernacle. But those who were going to build the tabernacle were designated by spiritual giftings, by their capabilities. And they could come from any tribe. As a matter of fact, they will come from all tribes, as we're going to see shortly. And, and I want you to hold on to this as we go forward, because it actually has some impact on how we participate in church. So those who are going to build the tabernacle are designated by giftings and They are called, just like Bezalel. They're called to this. So Bezalel is then filled, verse 3. And I have filled him, Bezalel, with the Spirit of God, comma. And what the author wants us to see here is that he's not filled Bezalel with all this stuff, all these, these things that he can do, is that God is adding his Spirit to the traits and the talents that Bezalel already has. Now Bezalel has the spirit and the things that follow the comma. Ability, skill, 
intelligence, the capacity to understand the directions, um, knowledge, the technical expertise to carry them out, and all craftsmanship, the capability to craft things, to put things together. So Bezalel was already good in those areas, and now God has added his spirit to him. Verse 4, and also to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. So it's not enough. It's not enough just to be called. Bezalel also has to be enabled. He has to be enabled to walk in that calling. It's an important work. It's God's directive. It's a symbol of his presence among his people here on earth, and it has to be right. God enables Bezalel by filling him with his spirit. But look at what, already, what he already had. He already had ability, already had knowledge and intelligence and all craftsmanship to, to make these things happen, to work in every craft. It's pretty incredible. So does that mean Bezalel's got to go off into the wilderness somewhere and put this thing together? No. You know, the, the, what God is doing here, he's taking everything Bezalel has, the things that Bezalel has been working at for his entire life. He's been honing his craft. He's been learning a lot of these things. And he's added his, God has added his Holy Spirit to them so that Bezalel can do the job the way God wants the job done. And whatever Bezalel lacks will be made up by the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? Whatever he doesn't have is going to be made up by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So it means that Bezalel will not only be able to craft things, but he'll be able to tell when other things are well crafted. He's going to recognize quality when he sees it. And he's going to be able to convey those ideas to the people around him. And whatever medium is needed, he'll be able to help people craft it the way God wants it done, to do things the way God has called them to do them. So God not only calls Bezalel, he fills him, he enables him to walk in his calling, and nothing is left to chance. Now, that should be an encouragement to us, because this isn't just what God does with Bezalel. It's what he does with all of us. There's a calling on each one of us. You know, somebody said there's no pew sitters in the kingdom of God. Amen. There are no pew sitters. We all have a calling. We're all called to do something. And we don't have to worry about whether or not we can do it. Because whatever we lack, God will fill with the Holy Spirit. So we'll be able to walk into things that we're called to do. There's a lesson we need to learn from Bezalel. God's directing the building of his tabernacle the way a maestro would conduct a symphony. You know, I used to think that those guys, they just, all they're doing is waving a baton around. What do they know? <laughs> you know? But they've got the entire orchestra sitting there. Everybody's an expert at what they do. Everybody has practiced what they've been doing maybe for their entire lifetime. And when that baton moves, they play. And they know what to play. And because he's standing up front, they know when to play and how to play it. This is God in his church, brothers and sisters, conducting us like a maestro conducts a symphony. So we have that happen, and now God commissions Bezalel. Bezalel is appointed. And behold, verse 6, I have appointed with him, O Holiab. Now, 
what this means is that he has appointed Bezalel and Oholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan. Now, this means that both of these guys have been chosen and appointed. The Jews would take this to mean that Bezalel and Oholiab are going to be in charge of the project. They're not going to have to do it themselves. There are going to be other people involved in it, but these guys have oversight. Oholiab is his assistant. God's not done yet. And he says in the second half of that verse, And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. God's not asking, listen carefully, God's not asking for volunteers. Everybody's going to be involved. He's designated those whom he has chosen to do what he's calling them to do. And it's not just men. Don't read just men into this because women are called as well. We move on to Exodus 35, verse 25. It says, and every skilled woman spun with her hands and they all brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. All the women whose hearts stirred them to use their skill spun the goat's hair. And then again in verse 29, all the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. So God has created this cross section of his people. And, you know, if we, if we read on, we find out every tribe Every person is somehow involved in this. And it's all to do his will, to do what he tells them to do. And just so that they have a complete understanding of what he wants them to do, he reiterates everything that happened in the previous four chapters into one succinct statement. They are to fabricate and assemble, starting with verse 7, the tent of meeting and the ark of the testimony and the mercy seat that is on it and all the furnishings of the tent the table and its utensils and the pure lampstand with all its utensils and the altar of incense and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils and the basin and its stand and the finely worked garments and the holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments of his sons for their service as priests and the anointing oil and the fragrant incense for the holy place. He says, this is what they're going to do. I've given you all the details, but let me just give you a summary of what I've called my people to do. Bezalel is appointed. He has an assistant. He has an army of workers and contributors. And all of them called, all of them called, filled, appointed. And now all that has to be done is for them to do the work. You see, we like the calling. Amen? We like when the Spirit of God starts moving on us. Amen? But the reason God does that is to get us out of our seats. To get us to begin doing the work that he's called us to do. So we can't just sit there basking in in the presence of the Lord. We've got to take that presence of the Lord that he's given us. He put the tabernacle in the middle of his people so that the world could see the presence of God among his people. He's put his Spirit in us so that the world could see Jesus Christ in us. And we have to be reflectors of that. We have to be bearers of the message. So in verse 11b, Bezalel begins to do. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. So it's time to get to work. 
But I want you to know something. Something that God does not say here. He does not say, well, maybe all this will work out. Let's see what happens. He doesn't say, if they all do their part, then, then, then this will come together very nicely. And he doesn't say, watch this. I'm going to give them the option and see if they accept it. See what they do with the choice. God doesn't say any of that. He tells Moses, they shall do. This is not, this is not a, a projection. This is a statement of what God already knows. They're going to do it. Why are they going to do it? Because I have enabled them and I have filled them with my spirit. And I'm going to take my spirit in combination with everything that they already know. And use it to build my kingdom. It's an incredible moment. They shall do. So we see Bezalel has been called. Although he's not called to be a priest. And this is important. He's not called to be a priest. But he's called to help build the tabernacle. He's called to help build the evidence of God among his people here on earth. Not all of us are called to minister. Somebody say amen. We're not all called to do the same thing. But all of us, every one of us who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, every one of us who has confessed our sin and repented and received Christ as Lord and Savior, all of us are called to minister. All of us are called to be part of building God's kingdom. Just like that multitude of people out in the wilderness were called and were necessary to build the tabernacle. Aaron and his sons couldn't do it. Bezalel and Oholiab couldn't do it themselves. They needed the body of God with them. We're called to help build his kingdom by spreading the gospel here. That's our calling. Our calling is to be messengers of the gospel. We don't have to worry about what part we play. We all have a part in being messengers of the gospel. It's why God has placed you in these pews. It's why God has had you training, turning in to this channel. It's why we have colleges and, and Christian networks. Because we're all working together to take the, the, the gospel to the rest of the world. And we all play a part of that. Each one of you has been responsible for the capability for us to host Dr. Champion and Andre Ruiz. Do you see how that works? We don't have to wonder about this. We've already been told what to do. All we have to do is walk in what we've been called to do. And, and what we lack when we begin wondering, oh, I don't know if I can do this or not, God says, don't worry, I'm going to give you my spirit. He'll make up for the deficit. Because you shall do. Think about this for just a second. I mean, we see the example. There were people who made the thread, right? People who wove the thread. People who cut wood. People who made dyes. People who fashioned fabric, metals. People who carried loads. People who, who, who removed refuse and, and wreckage. And people who prayed for the people that could do the physical work. Church is the same way. 
It needs everyone engaged. It needs everyone engaged at some level, all doing what God has called us to do, be representatives of him here on earth. Ephesians 5, Paul writes to, and we know that Ephesus was important and precious to Paul, but in Ephesians 4, verse 15, it says, we are to be speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now we saw Bezalel filled. Once he's called, God doesn't abandon him. He doesn't say, okay, call, do this, get back to me when it gets done. He doesn't leave him on, on his own. He enables him to do what he's called to do. This, this is a prime characteristic of God. He doesn't just call us. He, he empowers us. He enables. He does it for his glory. He does it to achieve his purposes, to promote his gospel. But he makes sure that each one of us is able to do what he's called us to do. In Paul's benediction to the Philippians, he says this, Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply, listen to this, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God gives us all we need. And if we think we're short, we're being supplied by God's riches. Oh my. They're almost as great as his IQ. Then we see Bezalel appointed. He gives specific people specific roles, enables them to walk in them according to their natural gifts and talents, according to what he's already put inside them. But then he supernaturally enables his children to do what he asks them to do, to accomplish his will. And we go, oh, but I don't know his will. I don't know what he wants for me in this moment. Have you ever had one of those moments? Praying for God's will and wondering how we're going to find it. You've probably heard people say, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, what are you worried about? I don't know whether or not I should take the job in Cleveland or the one in Columbus. How do we find out? How do we know God's will? Well, he's given it to us. He's revealed his will. He's told us what this is going to be like. If we want to know what God's will is, it's for us to walk in his character and nature and not to decide whether or not Columbus or Cleveland are the right decision, but how we decide whether or not we want to give God the glory, whether or not we want to give God the credit in making our decision on these things. I think God will let you move to anywhere you want to move as long as you move for his glory. I think I'll let you buy whatever car you want, whatever house you want to be in, take whatever job you want, as long as you're doing it for his glory, to honor him, to be his representative here. This is why Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. It's not just breathed out by God, it's for our benefit, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All that's left, if we understand all that, is to do. 
He doesn't call God, God doesn't call his people to do things for their own benefit, for their own enrichment. He does his calling for them to do his work for his glory. And get this. God knows. He knows that it'll work. He knows that it'll work. Look at the result of this calling on Bezalel and Aholiab and, and all these people. Exodus 39, verse 32. Thus all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was finished, and the people of Israel did according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So they did. Now, I love the NIV in this one. So all the work of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting was completed. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord commanded Moses. Brothers and sisters, God knows everything. He's there in the future. I don't get it. But Jesus said when Abraham was, I am. And it just blew the Pharisees' minds. We don't get that. It sounds like blasphemy. Yeah, it's a pretty unusual thought, isn't it? He's apart from time. He knows everything. He knew everything about Bezalel. He knew everything about the Hebrew people. Here's something scary you can take home with you. He knows everything about you and me. Everything. He knows everything we've done. How often have we talked about privacy being a myth? I mean, we have the Spirit of God in us. There's nowhere we go that he doesn't go. There's nothing we say that he doesn't hear. There's nothing we do that he's not aware of. He knows us. He knows our giftings. He knows what we already have. And, and I love this. I, I, I got a chance to share this with my dad the night before he died. We're sitting on the bed, and I said, Dad, you know what's coming? He said, I do. I said, there's still time. There's still time for you to receive Jesus. He said, I, I killed people, John. I've killed people. I can't. And uh, no wisdom came up out of me at that moment. I said, you know what, Dad? God knew. God knew you would do that. He knows you did it. And he sent his son to die for you anyway. His son's sacrifice is greater than anything you or I have ever done. God knows. And he's given us a calling. And he's enabled us to walk in that. And he's given us his spirit to finish the work. He has a part for each one of us. He will fill us. He will enable us to walk in his calling. Nothing is going to be left to chance. God will direct the building of his church here in Warrington here in the United States, here in the world. And he's going to do it just like a maestro conducting a symphony. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks. You have all this in your hands. We give you thanks, Father, that you are a sovereign God who can take all the messes that we make, all the failings we have, all the blunders that occur in our lives, Father, and make something beautiful out of them. Not because of us, but because of you. We thank you that you've given us your spirit, Father, to empower us to walk in that calling of being your messengers of blessing here on this earth. And we pray, Father, 
that you will continue to motivate us to knit our hearts together, to bring ministries together, just as you're doing here at 46 Winchester Street, Father, for your glory, for your honor, for the sake of the gospel. And we pray this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. Pastor John back here again. If you are blessed by the service, let me ask you to do us a favor. Would you click on the like button below that little thumbs up? If you're listening on Sermon Audio, perhaps you can comment or even share the sermon with someone else. We'd love to hear from you. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at WBFVA. We're on the World Wide Web at WBFVA.org. Let us know if you'd like us to pray for you. If you'd like to support us financially, you can make donations through our website at wbfva.org. Just click on giving. You'll receive a tax-deductible receipt at the end of the year. Either way, we would love to hear from you or even have you visit us in person one Sunday. We meet at 46 Winchester Street in downtown Warrington, Virginia at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And now, may God bless you richly until we gather again.